Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Michael. So this week I saw an insight into your soul. Excuse me, what? I went in for a checkup on my shoulder that I had surgery on six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. As well as to have x-rays and, I don't know, a consult on my knee. I'm well aware and I did not go with you. So what and does that have said, to do with me? Call me when you're done. So I called you. Oh, right. And I said, well, I have to have surgery on my knee. You said, oh, I could have told you that. And I no, said, no, 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 Throw the, you no. You said pause. you had to have your knee scoped. Fine. It's the same thing. And you know what that means. And I go, but it's not anywhere near as invasive as shoulder surgery. It'll only be 15 minutes to a half hour. And you said, well, I guess I'll have to go with you to drive you home. Yes. Among other reasons, yes, you should be with me while I have this little procedure to drive me home. It's busy season at work. Give me a break. Insight into your soul. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duo with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation. I mean, I talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael and his firm, Legacy Financial Network, to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. I am your host, Michael Markey. With me today, she is lovingly each and every week. Not anymore. My wife, Vanessa. Hi, everyone. Which, by the way, just so you know, if for some reason this show ever stops and you find out in the news that I have been mysteriously murdered or disappeared, Don't I have look at me. a suspect for all of you. Not a chance. Name rhymes with Manessa. Mm-hmm. So tell everyone what they're going to learn today. We're going to get to life insurance finally. I know, because you've just been cannibalizing all of these previous shows yes. and we haven't been able to do so. Yes, I've gone on ridiculous tirades about everything else that you bring in right before we decide to record and we don't get to it. I think the best way to do this, and I want to be careful of specific or mm, pertinent, not pertinent, but uh, sensitive details. But I've been working with a client recently and they've got a family business and it reminds me a lot of your family business. Okay. Well, because you, so you work at City Glass and Mirror. Yes. And if you walk in and you realize that her name on her business card isn't the same, it is the same, Vanessa. You need to get over it. It's the same one. Yep. So, and your parents own that business. They own one in Holland and kind of another offshoot in Holland. Mm -hmm. How many of you and your siblings work in the business? Three out of five of us. 
and now you've got like new siblings. How would it, like in-laws? Oh, or, sorry. My soon-to-be sister-in-law also works there. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so you've got three of you guys working there. Sister-in-law, your sister, who's not one of the three out of the five of you. Used to work there. And worked there for quite a bit, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. And so we talk about dynamics. And these were some of the things, I think if you're a small business owner, how does this not apply? I mean, what's your parents' exit strategy? We're going to buy it from them. And I think by we, what do you mean? Me. And I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I love my brothers. They're just not that organized. And they've they've grown a lot in the last few years. They're still not that organized. But if something happened right now, it'd be hard, wouldn't it? Right. And isn't, I mean, how, how similar is that to a lot of small business? If you're listening right now and you have a small business, I mean, this isn't something unique to your parents or your business. No. In fact, the people that owned City Glass before my parents bought it from them, this son mm-hmm. bought it from his dad. Okay. So, I mean, there you go. Right. And there's a few ways this happens. So maybe it's something that you can cash flow it. You can buy the business. But, you know, what's starting to happen is, not so much starting to happen. I think it's happened for a long time. But you've got emotions in there. And I think we've, we're raising kids today. Do you agree with me on this? We're raising kids today to express those feelings more. Yes. And we care more today than maybe what you did 50 years ago before it was just, you speak when you're spoken to. A child should be seen, not heard. Right. Oh, I wish our kids would listen to those types. I, you know, I, I write that on their, on their lunch bag every day. A child is to be seen, not heard. They That's never... not even true because you don't even pack their lunches. So, okay, but even if I did, would they listen? No. 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 I was trying to make dinner today, and like four times, I'm like, "You guys, take your snacks, go in the other room because it's going to be a while." And by the time we get home at six o'clock, and they're monsters. Do you think that they just went and put a cartoon on and sat quietly and ate their snack? Absolutely. 50 times. 50 times they were in the kitchen. And I'm like, you guys, the longer you keep coming in here to ask me questions about nothing, like, is this Play-Doh the right color? The longer it's going to take for you to get dinner. And that didn't sink in. No. Nope. So here's what I was thinking. And and I don't know that this is, I'm just giving a, a hypothetical example. Okay. I'm not saying this is the dynamics in the family. It's just a complete... May, you know, could happen, right? Right. So your sister played a major part right out of high, out of high school, out of college mm-hmm. in the business. It was mm-hmm. an integral part, but then started having kids and kind of pulled back some. But at this point, your youngest brother has now been in the business as long as she ever was. Am I right? Yeah, I believe so. Pretty close. Yeah. And so, you know, if something were to happen and, and you know, let's just say this, your family was a typical, you know, small business. Now, all of a sudden, who's more deserving? And this isn't the type of generation that it was 30, 40 years ago where you, even when you were mad and even when you were upset and you feel like you were wronged, you just bit your tongue and, and sucked it up. Right. Now everyone tells everybody what they're thinking. Right. And who would be more deserving? That's kind of, I mean, and then you've got a brother who plays basketball, semi-professional basketball overseas. Correct. He hasn't, actually, he got fired by my sister. Did he? Yeah. I didn't know that part. It was in between summers. He was in college. He didn't need to work because he had a basketball scholarship. Right. Granted, he didn't take into account the fact that he also needed to eat. Mm -hmm. But anyway, he just kept showing up late. So one day he walked in and my sister said, you're fired. And he walked back out and said, see you later. How'd Mama Bear take that? Mm. 
That face I mean, said it all. Not well. Let's, you know what? Let's take a quick break. So me, you can think about this. Let me regroup because I don't want to give pertinent details, but I'm going to share with you how we used life insurance to solve this problem because assets alone wasn't going to be enough to compensate the other siblings. It just, it would be very hard to make it work. And in this case, life insurance was kind of the only thing they could do that would compensate everybody. Else. Gotcha. But the parents didn't buy it. The goal or the plan is for the kids to buy it. It's kind of unique, unusual. But let's talk about that when we come back. And I also today want to talk about, is life insurance an investment? Because if you listen to like a Dave Ramsey, he's going to say, it's a horrible investment. Okay, I'm sorry. But if you listen to Dave Ramsey, you might as well just stop saying like a Dave Ramsey because everybody knows you don't like him. I can't dislike him. I don't know him. Right. On that note, let's take a quick break. Uh Uh-huh. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to grmusiclessons.com. That's grmusiclessons.com. United Airlines makes it easy to fly from Muskegon County Airport with a travel-friendly schedule and competitive airfares. Haven't flown from Muskegon in a while? Fly locally with a short commute and parking located just steps from the terminal. Check-in and security lines are never more than 50 passengers per flight. At the end of your trip, get your bags quickly and be home in no time. Flights depart daily at 6.30 a.m. and 1 p.m. Starting mid-February, the evening flight arrives at 11.20 p.m. to maximize return flight options from most locations. It pays to check Muskegon first at united.com. Welcome back, everybody, to segment two of Fireproof Your Finances. And don't forget, you can connect with us. You can find us and share your thoughts. Actually, give us your questions at fireproofshow on twitter.com. Twitter. Twitter. Just yes, Twitter. Twitter. That's Fireproof uh, Show. I see you've been actively using it again, by the way. Oh, and you put a tie on. Yes, my sling came off yesterday. And the jacket and tie returned today. I actually been home tweeted for that. twenty minutes, and I just noticed you had a tie on. Yeah, I tweeted it. Oh, I sent the world a message. How did you get that all the way up to your neck? Because you still can't move your arm a whole lot. Slowly. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Very. That's good. Slowly, and some awkward-looking maneuvers. Hmm. So let's go to life insurance. Yes. So let's imagine that we've got a small business that's worth, I don't know, a million dollars. Okay. Okay. And I'm I'm going to make an absurd amount of kids just to make it really simple. <laughs> Ten? Ten. <laughs> Ten. Why did I know you were going to do that? So what if most of the business value, though, is in the real estate, you know, the the real estate and its inventory? How do you divvy that up if somebody dies? So let's say that you've got out of the 10, I'm going to use the number you gave, that you've got three of your siblings yep. in the business. Yep. So how do they do that? Because if there's a million dollars of value, those three, you know, everybody should get 100000 Okay. But doesn't that mean those three should be paying 700000 to the other seven or 100000 to the other seven? Right, which so, equals 700000 So what are you going to sell? Right. You basically have to liquidate the business at that point. And that's, and, and hold on, let's back up. So what if, what if it's just one person passes? Like, what if it's the, the wife that's the main person in the business and she passes? That business was needed. The income was needed to help support 
the husband or, or mm-hmm. vice versa. Correct. So you've got an issue there. You can't just sell things. You actually need to maintain that inventory. You need to maintain running the business as is. Well, right, because if you just completely liquidate to give everybody their fair share, you've just screwed three out of the 10 kids out of a livelihood. Right. Right. And mom or dad now no longer has an income from it either. Correct. So what I find a lot of time is that people have bought term insurance to protect against this. Okay. And I'll ask them, well, wait a minute, you're 60 years old today. How long do you continue to keep working for? And a lot of these small businesses, what do you think people tell me? Five years. Well, yeah, you know, that's actually pretty close. I'll be full time for five more years and then I think I'll scale back. I go, what does that look like? You'll still be in the business. Do you still own the business? They say, yeah, I still own the business. Okay, so in 10 years when this term policy expires, it's a temporary policy. Think of term as temporary. Mm -hmm. When you're 71 years old and you pass, are you going to be in a position where you no longer need the income from this business? What do you think most say? No. No, we still need it. Okay. Well, are you going to be in the position where you just liquidate it then to generate that income? No, we need it for these kids that are in it. Right. So you start going, well, if you're in your mid-50s by now, which this is, I mean, if you're 30 and you have this business, you can probably buy life insurance and you, you know, or I'm sorry, not buy life insurance. You can probably start putting enough away to have a big enough asset base. Mm -hmm. But if you're in your 50s and you're thinking you're going to start scaling back in five or 10 years. You're not going to be able to put enough. If you don't have enough now or you're not on the trajectory to have enough now, how does that suddenly change? It doesn't. No. So then you have to find an alternative source. So do you want the business to go to somebody else? No, not. Well, your children, yes, but. But sometimes that business isn't worth as much as somebody else. Correct. You know, you think in my business, as an example, advisory firms, okay? Mm -hmm. A lot of advisory firms are just a one or two, um, advisor office right it's probably most valuable to current employees or to family especially they'll use their name you know like um, i'm not going to name any but it'd be like john smith and associates right or smith financial right that's like everybody and if, if you own a small advisory firm and you use your name it's smith financial right dumbest thing ever even though i have legacy financial my name's not legacy not as dumb still dumb not as dumb right okay so with this example that we were working with, there was about a million dollars of value, okay? Mm-hmm. There was no way that they could maintain the business. There was n- no possible way to maintain the business without liquidating the inventory and the real estate in order to pay off the siblings. Correct. And there was no way to do that in order to pay off um, mom and keep an income to her right. without liquidating everything. Right. So then I suggested life insurance. And I suggested that, hey, if if dad, you pass, kids will have to step up mm-hmm. and they continue to make a payment to mom. Yep. But I said, my real issue, I go, does mom need a lump sum or does mom want income? He goes, well, mom's going to want income. I go, perfect. Right. They can probably do that. There is a risk to that. Do you trust your kids? Parents tend to have too much optimism, but yes, they did. Right. But where are they going to be able to pay off their siblings? Where are they going to be able to accumulate 700000 without drastically changing this business. Do you want them to go in debt? Because I think on a business like this, we're, again, I'm not going to go too many specifics. I go, they could probably get a bank loan for this. Are you okay with that? Now it's West Michigan. So what do you think they said? No. I found out later, part of the reason they were so against the loan is that early in his, early in their career, early in their business life, they had overextended and kind of got bit by it. Right. 
So it made a lot more sense because they were adamant against it. They said, no. I go, so what if these kids each gave you $330? It added up the three, the three paid you a thousand bucks. I go, thousand bucks, you know, that'd be 12,000 a year. Over 10 years, it's 120. Over 20 years, it's 240. We added some interest. It became like three, if over 20 years, it became like 350, 400. Mm-hmm. It wasn't quite that much. But roundabout, call it 350. Right. I go, we're only halfway there. And this person's 60. I go, so if you make it to 80, we got Half halfway of there. Yes. Instead, by buying a life insurance policy and having the kids make the payment, it was $1,000 a month. And we actually put it on husband and wife. We made it what's called a second to die, or that's the proposal, a second to die policy, which means mm-hmm. it only pays once the second person passes. Because again, were we worried about income for mom? No. Or I should say a payout, a lump sum payout for mom. No. We were worried about income, which Correct. we believe the business can sustain. Right. But do we want these kids, do we want these three kids paying an income to their seven brothers and sisters? No. What Talk about a mess. Right. I mean, that's where I start thinking of like in your family business where you've got a brother who's now been in the business as long as what a sister who's no longer in it. Right. Who's more deserving? I don't know. But I think they both would make arguments for it. Yeah, I, they might. I would hope that everything goes smoothly. But you know what my experience tells me is that births bring families together and deaths tear them apart. Well, right. When you start bringing money into anything, everybody squabbles. I mean, for the love of Pete, my grandparents aren't even gone yet and people are squabbling over their possessions for crying out loud. Yeah, I want to go put my name on a spoon because people with how analytical I am will think that that spoon has some type of extrinsic value and I am in a mess with everyone's head. They're like, why does Mike want that spoon? You just want to stir the turds. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just want to stir it up and watch it sit back and watch it explode. All right. Let's take our last break and then let's come back. And when we come back, we'll talk about how much does that thousand dollars equate to in death benefit and how long would they have to live to ever pay that much in? Let's take a break. Michael. What? Just because we don't have a car payment doesn't mean that you get to go on eBay and buy whatever you want because it was a good deal. All right. So a lot of our listeners know I probably have a problem when it comes to vehicles. We have old classics, even some new classics. We got UNX limo. We even have a fire truck. How do you find a place that can do everything? All those different type of vehicles, transmissions, oil changes, Little repairs, big repairs. It's pretty hard. I've been taking all of our cars to Global Auto Works in Grand Haven for at least the last five years. And Mike asks the hard questions that nobody seems to be able to answer, so if he can trust them, so can you. If you're having car trouble, go to Global Auto Works. Their phone number is 616-499-4451. That's 616-499-4451. Say Mike and Vanessa sent you. Their number is 616 616- 499-4451. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to grmusiclessons.com. That's grmusiclessons.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the final segment 
of Fireproof Your Finances. It is our pleasure to be with you. It always goes by too fast. I can't emphasize that enough. I want to thank our partners, though, at Global Auto Works for helping sponsor the show. We've got our sponsors over at Muskegon Airport. We're thankful for them. So let's get back to life insurance, everyone's favorite subject. Right. Now, I'm generally, I only want to use myself, I only want to use life insurance for the death benefit, not as an investment for a protection against a risk. Right. That's pretty much the thought as to what life insurance is. That's how I like to use it. Right. Now, there are people that will make an argument for it to be an investment. I'm mm-hmm. not making that. I, I'm, that's not my argument here. I mean, I guess I'm using it as a comparison to an investment in this case, but I thought I'd bring up this clip real quick. To use life. It's from our friend, 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 mm-hmm. Dave Ramsey. Insurance as an investment vehicle. Okay. 100% of the time it sucks. Wait, what does he think about life insurance? I, you know what? I clipped in too fast. Any circumstances. Any circumstances? To use life insurance as an investment vehicle. 100% of the time, it sucks. I don't know if I understand him. Basically, he's saying. I'm kidding. I understand him. Let me pull up a couple pictures for you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Are you ready for a little game? Sure. All I need is you to tell me, uh, Good tool or bad tool? Okay. Okay. Here's a picture of a hammer. Is it a good screwdriver? No. Here's a picture of a truck. That must be a really good economic little miniature car. No. How about this? Picture of a tree. Is that a good bicycle? Absolutely not. Huh. That's weird. That would chafe. Right. That would hurt. Okay. Don't dig into this. Sorry. I've never had somebody compare a tree to a bicycle before. Maybe some bad comparisons, but the one I want to focus on is... Who knew that a car wasn't a good truck? Who knew that a a screwdriver wasn't a good hammer or vice versa? Right. Hmm. That's not what they do. Right. Life insurance is for insurance. Insurance is partially the, it's protection. It's not an investment. It's like using a spade to dig a hole for a pool. Right. You're going to hate the spade after two hours. Exactly. So now in this case though, we have a risk that we need to protect against. Now, you could argue, oh, it's a horrible life. It's a horrible investment. I agree because it's not an investment. Right. So they put $1,000 into this. It Second to die gave us a little over a million dollar death benefit. Now, remember what size of the estate I said it was? A million dollars, right? And I've got basically three kids inheriting a million dollars. Right. And now what I've done is I've got a million being split by the other seven. This, seven, yes. It's still somewhat inequitable, isn't it? Right, because the seven now get more than a hundred thousand, and the three are getting the three. The seven are now getting like a hundred and fifty, and the three are basically getting a little over three. But they've also paid into it. Right now, here is another thing, and though. it's not like they can just walk away with three immediately. Now, one of the things we said though is, you know, what we can do is we can take the property, the real estate, put that in a separate trust, mm-hmm. and have this business rent from that. So now that real estate gets split by all 10 and that income going in there as rent gets split, that could help make it more equitable. Right. But when we were looking at it before without life insurance, it was investments, putting the money aside. Now, here's the thing. He looked at it. They looked at it and they said, Mike, $1,000 a month is pretty expensive. I go, I agree. If somebody offered you, though, the opportunity to start taking over a business like the one you've built, 
30 years ago or 40 years ago. If somebody, whatever $300 a month would have been back then. Because mm-hmm. the thousand was split between the three kids. Right. I go, would you have figured it out? Would you have taken advantage of that opportunity? And they go, of course, I would have, I would have killed for that opportunity. I go, isn't that the opportunity you're creating? Right. So yes, is it an expensive premium? Yes. But where else could they put $300 each and have the opportunity to own this business while making it more equitable for your other kids? Mm-hmm. So there's where we can use life insurance as a tool or quasi more than just insurance. But I would still argue that it's not really an investment there. It's a protection against loss, but I know you're going to die at some point. I just can't. We couldn't come up together with a way that those kids would be able to put enough aside without taking on debt to be able to pay off those siblings. Right. It sounded like I was going to keep going, but I was done. Yeah, you didn't. I mean, look at it this way. Most people, and when I was in insurance for a very hot second, most people don't go at 70 years old and buy a whole life policy for $15,000 as an investment. They're buying it so that their kids don't have to pay for their funeral. Well, and you know what? And there's another piece to it as well. Is term insurance always cheaper than whole life or permanent? Dave Ramsey will tell you. And there's others. I'm, I'm using Dave because... Everybody knows it. You know Dave. But he'll say, term is always cheaper. Wait a minute. Not when you get older. Term is cheap. Right. Term is cheaper when your life expectancy falls outside of that term. Right. But when if you're 70 and you're buying a $10,000 policy or a $100,000 policy, it's irrelevant, by the way you're going to find that those prices are going to become very close or maybe a 15 year term, whatever. If your life expectancy falls within that term, then permanent insurance is going to be very competitive with it. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to have to worry about, well, am I, am I spending $2,000 a year on this thing for the next 15 years? And if I live 16 years, I get nothing. That's the risk you run when you do it that way. Right. So there is purpose for permanent insurance. And I gave you one with small business. That was a way to transition a business. Now, I will warn you, don't use do use guarantees with this. Don't use illustrated values, especially right now. We're ten, we started talking about this last week and we went fast and I apologize. I'm going to do the same thing to you. We're 10 years into the longest bull market we've ever had in U.S. stock market history. Ever. Longest we've ever had. Mm-hmm. And last week we found we went over that article, that paper from the IMF. You remember that one? Right. The one where people should be able to. Economists. Yeah. Economists. Sorry, not people. Economists should be able to determine if and when something's going to happen. And they failed. They should be able to tell us when we're close to a recession. At least if, if recessions are always done through or always occur, not because of age, but because of fundamentals. Right. They should at least be able to do it by April of the year of which the recession starts. The reality has been, though, based on that paper. It doesn't happen. Two thirds of the time they have no clue. Right. But here's what's going to happen when the economy does go south. And I think we're closer to that than further away. When it does go south, what happens to interest rates? The Fed can do something. They could raise interest rates and make everything more expensive and slow down the economy. Mm -hmm. Or they could lower it to spur economic growth. So when the economy goes bad, which one are they going to do? Lower it. Of course. They want to make things cheaper. Right. So, and when they do that, the yield... The amount that insurance companies are earning on their investments will also go down, down. So these policies where they do illustrated returns, it's based on current assumptions. 
Well, guess what? What do you think is the most influential time in a lot of these policies? The beginning years. Mm-hmm. You know, how it performs in those beginning years. Kind of the same thing like when you're in school. Why is it so important to do well in the, those first couple tests? Because if you do poorly, you're you're doing catch up the rest of the right, semester. Right, you got to dig yourself out of the hole that you put it yourself So in. if they're illustrating this 6 or 7%, 8% return, and we get a negative market during that, and even if it's a fixed product, like an index product where it stays flat, flat is still a long ways away from six. Right. And so now you're starting in the hole, like you just said, and you got to play catch up. So I don't believe in doing permanent planning like that with products that are illustrated, you know, on illustrated values because they do the illustrated on current rates. Right. And current things going on. When things go bad, not only will the market go down, and so a variable product will lose, which is the opposite of what it's projecting. A fixed product will be flat, which is still a long way from the six that it's projecting. Mm-hmm. And then even worse, the yield of that insurer will go down. So the net, the lower their, the amount of the gains that you participate going forward. So it's going to change. It's going to shift. It's going to negatively impact, in my opinion, those crediting rates, those illustrated rates for at least a decade once we do go negative. Mm-hmm. That's all the time we have for today. I hope it helped. Um, Till next week, we are your hosts. This has been another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Finances. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.